imagine your life is a puzzle and all the pieces of your life are, are put together. You know, what are those pieces? What makes it a part of the puzzle to your life? What are you missing? You know, what happens when one of those pieces is under distress or facing significant challenges? Alcohol and substance use, along with other behaviors like gambling, video games, and pornography, become pieces in our lives. How big, how small, impactful is different for everyone, but someone with a substance use disorder and other concerning behaviors, those pieces become the most important as it takes priority over everything. So what happens when they are no longer using or engaging in those behaviors? What void is left over? What happens to the other pieces? These are some of the questions we're going to explore in the episode of Talking Addiction and Recovery Podcasts. Welcome back, listeners, to Talking Addiction and Recovery. We are going to be talking about an important aspect of recovery from addiction when it comes to the void left over from alcohol, drugs, gambling, pornography, or video games when someone decides to stop using or engaging in these behavior. And this topic comes from an exercise I created several years ago when I started working with adolescents. And when you are working with teenagers, it's hard to have the discussion about addiction and like use disorder because of their age. You know, at this time, there's a lot of like experimenting, social using, you know, and for many individuals I worked with, it did become problematic. You know, I was seeing teenagers and adolescents having problems at home, legal issues. They were involved in court and probation. They were skipping school. Um, one of the things that also stood out when you work with teenagers was they were losing interest in some of their other hobbies and activities. Alcohol and drug use was causing problems, and it was a part of their life. But the part of addiction in, in like a use disorder was challenging when you're working with someone as young as like 12 to 17 years old to think that that is what is happening. So one of the ways I attempted to really get them to see the impact of alcohol and drugs and how it became a part of their life was through the use of this puzzle exercise. So what I did was I created a bunch of puzzles that had different pieces of our lives, so to speak. So... You know, I had these blank puzzle pieces and I put on there different things, you know, like family, friends, relationships, you know, school and academics, leisure, hobbies, finances, job, you know, like spirituality and just other important areas. And one of the puzzle pieces was also alcohol and drugs. And at first we would talk about the role and impact alcohol and drugs had in their life right now you know how often they would use how much reasons why they would use you know the amount of money they would spend the amount of time they would with using the people they would hang out with or associate with and so on and so forth the whole point was to get them to just have a better understanding of alcohol and drugs in their life you know an understanding the relationship to alcohol and drugs you know, and realize that alcohol and drugs was a part of their life. And even if it wasn't the biggest or most important piece, that it was at least a piece of the larger picture, which, which represented their life. So this is important for anyone to really consider. You know, have you ever thought of how much alcohol, drugs, gambling, video games, or pornography played a role in your life? Have you 
been able to like take a step back and see how much of it was a part of the picture, like with life overall. Have you ever thought of, have you ever thought maybe that it wasn't that big of a deal or the most important thing to you? And yet somehow it is big or important enough to be an entire piece, you know, like depending on how much, how often the impact kind of like determines that size of the piece, you know, someone who socially drinks, you know, uses or engages in some of these behaviors, it might be very small, but someone who has a use disorder or is having problems with it likely has a larger piece. The whole idea behind that piece, regardless of the size and the impact is to just gain more awareness and insight into how much of a role alcohol, drugs, you know, pornography, gambling, video games, or other some concerning behaviors has in your life. Now, we move on to the really important question that this exercise was designed to do then was what happens when you stop using alcohol and drugs? What happens when that piece is removed? Some people look at stopping alcohol and drug use and just removing it from your life is the goal. And yes, that is important. There's no doubt about that. Without abstinence, there cannot be recovery. However, abstinence does not automatically equate to recovery. So let's examine the question of what happens when that piece is removed. And what happens is there's a void left over. There is an empty spot. A good quote that I found that explains this is, Addiction begins with the hope that something out there can instantly fill up the emptiness inside. You know, for some people, it's easy to realize what happens when there is a void left over and to know the emptiness inside, right? Like they are, you're able to recognize immediately what you're missing out on by not having alcohol and drugs in your life. For others, they might not see it right away. They might not notice the struggles of the void left over just yet. And I see this a lot when people usually come to me and they've been using and they haven't stopped since they really started using. And they don't really know necessarily what to expect from stopping because they're kind of new to it and new to being abstinent. But for someone who may have tried this a few times or has gotten sober and maybe relapsed and gone back to using, they are more aware of what happens when they stop using. So, you know, either way, there's a void left over. And you got to ask yourself, you know, like, what is the void left over? What am I missing when I don't have alcohol, drugs, gambling, you know, pornography or like video games? You know, what don't I have in my life that these substances and behaviors provide? So the important thing is we look at one, the piece of this substance or behavior and the the part that that plays in the overall picture. But then we transition into what happens when that is removed. And for the work that I do and for the work that a lot of you know substance abuse counselors do, Stopping use is really important, but what happens when there's that void? And normally, what I've seen is there are five things that will often happen with that void. Okay, five things that I see happening. 
the first thing is that it goes left unfilled. And someone kind of like white knuckles it, so to speak, for as long as they can. They try and toughen it out and just deal with not having alcohol or drugs in their lives, but they don't necessarily make changes to embark on recovery. You know, you hear the familiar term of like a dry drunk who has stopped drinking, but is pretty much like the same. So some people may want to stop they're using or engaging in behavior, but they don't want to make any other changes. So that void is left unfilled. And, you know, sometimes white knuckling can last a really long time. I would not trust it to last a long time. And I also think there's something very little that could happen that could send someone right back into using again in a relapse. So that, that's the first thing that happens is it goes left unfilled. Second thing is you fill it back up with alcohol and drugs. And this is really quite easy because you know what is going to fill that piece up perfectly. It's what you just took away from it. So going back to using and relapsing or continued use is putting that piece like right back in. And it's so familiar too. I mean, people can be absent for a while and, and returning to you sends them right back to where they were before. I call that playing catch up, which is very dangerous. But sometimes people believe that they've been absent for a while and then they relapse and use and now they have to, you know, catch up, so to speak, to all that time that they were abstinent. Really dangerous though. And this is often like portrayed in a movie or a show when you see someone who has stopped drinking and they kind of go back and they have a drink and you just see this like flood of relief just like sink in. They're kind of like right back where they were. And part of that is because the piece that was taken out, when it gets put right back in, it fits. That's why it's so tempting to go back and do that. So the second thing is you fill it back up with alcohol and drugs. Third thing I see is that you people fill it with something new but the same so this is when you hear about like substituting so someone gives up one drug and they start using like another drug or they stop using a substance and they pick up a behavior uh, this is something that I saw in an article when COVID initially hit and sports came to like a screeching halt you know I talked about how sports gamblers were starting to bet on just other various activities so even though it was still gambling, there was a void left over when sports stopped and therefore resulted in people engaging in other types of gambling activities. You know, speaking of gambling, though, like this is what I see an awful lot when it comes to cocaine use. You know, there is such a strong connection with cocaine and gambling. And when I've had people stop their cocaine use, I've had cases where that is when their gambling is picked up or increased. So when these behaviors have like a similar impact on the brain, the reward system, like that impulse, and even similarities in like drug properties, for example, it's no wonder some of these substances and behaviors become those fill-ins. So I don't fill it with the same thing, but I'm filling it with something that is very similar. And that could be a substance, but that could also be a behavior. So the third thing is that people fill it with something new, but not the same. Fourth thing that happens is you pull from other pieces. And sometimes when someone doesn't want to go back to using alcohol and drugs, 
and they don't want to substitute with something that is going to cause similar damage or eventually lead back to that original behavior, people may pull from other pieces in an attempt to fill the void. Those other pieces, you know, include like family, friends, work, money. Now, there's nothing wrong with utilizing these pieces as support. When you think of it as like a puzzle, the puzzle relies on the support of those other pieces. However, when people try to pull from those pieces, what do you think happens? So imagine trying to pull a puzzle piece that is already in its place into a position where there is a void. That piece is going to get damaged. It's going to get pulled, maybe torn. It might get ripped. I see this happen most often with work and with family members and loved ones. People immediately turn to those when they get sober and rely so heavily on them to be what keeps them abstinent. Someone throws themselves into work and I see people depend on family members or loved ones and sooner or later I know the relationships can't handle it. Now remember it's not to say you can't utilize them for support but they cannot be what fills in the void. Those puzzle pieces have their place already. And now when we try to pull from them, it causes friction. It creates problems and can damage other pieces when its intent was to help with maintaining sobriety. So the fourth thing I see people do is they pull from other pieces in the puzzle to try and fill in that void. The fifth thing, and this is where the exercise is really useful, is you fill it with recovery. The last thing and most important thing to do is fill it with recovery. But what is your recovery? What is your recovery going to look like that's going to fill in the void? That's going to fit in with the other pieces and not cause destruction and chaos. That is where the missing piece in the puzzle comes in. And going back to the exercise, I had... And I still have boxes of blank puzzle pieces because I would give each client a blank puzzle piece to create. You know, sometimes we would do this in groups. I would do it in individual sessions. And even to this day, I give it to people to work on outside of sessions. There are times when I would see puzzle pieces on nightstands of clients in residential settings. And I, I had a client recently show me after initially going giving this to him over a year ago. You know, he pulled it out of his wallet and showed me what he's added to it like over the year. For recovery month back in 2019, I offered this to patients in the treatment clinic who wanted to create one and turn it back in. I put the entire thing back together and framed it. And to this day, it's still in my office. And each and every one of these pieces is always different. Now, are there some similarities? Absolutely. But in some way, what recovery means to the individual person and what their recovery is going to look like is different. That is what each and every person who decides to stop or quit using alcohol or drugs or engaging in other behaviors has to figure out. What is your puzzle piece going to do? So the fifth thing that happens is people fill it with recovery. It fills in that void. The emptiness is not there anymore, but it's also not causing destruction and chaos to all the other pieces in the puzzle 
and it's also not pulling on them as well. Another good quote to kind of capture that is, I was never addicted to one thing. I was addicted to filling a void within myself with things other than my own love. So that would be something to think about, you know, as far as when it comes to what I fill it with, you know, self-care, self-love, kindness. What about activities, interests? What are things that you are doing for your recovery? And that's the, the anchor to this piece is for your recovery. Because you might have been reading, for example, even when you were using. So just saying reading is kind of like pulling from, you know, the other piece. But if you say reading as in, you know, reading books about recovery or reading books about sobriety, reading books about people's journeys or reading books on kindness, like those would be geared more towards someone's recovery. This is ultimately, you know, you can't just stop and do nothing with that void left over. It's only going to stay empty for so long until you can't tolerate it anymore. And when you get to that point, one of those five things is going to happen. So remember, it's either going to go one, left unfilled, two, fill it back up with alcohol and drugs, three, fill it up with something new but has the same impact, four, pull from other pieces in your life, or five, you fill it with recovery. And I'll tell you what, the, the last one, filling it with recovery, is, is not one that's going to be easy or automatic. The other ones are going to be more tempting and easy to do because it is the just so automatic in what you're used to doing. But creating this new piece and filling it in with this void, and you're going to try and fill it with change and things that are outside of your comfort zone, it's going to be challenging. But it's what you need to do in order to avoid going back to using it or filling it with something that's going to create similar problems or lead back to the drugs, the alcohol, the gambling, or whatever it is that you're trying to abstain from. And I love doing this exercise in person because when you talk about it and have all these pieces as an image right in front of you and you talk about it and you remove it and you look at the five things that will happen and I, and I show people you know, how that works. And you see the light of insight, you know, like slowly turn on and you see the person recognize what probably has happened for those who've already experienced it. Or you can see what the person is concerned about happening if they decide to stop using. But it also gives hope that you don't have to go the rest of your life feeling empty because of no longer having alcohol or drugs in it. Lives can be filled and fulfilled with things that are good for you, things that are good for the other pieces in your lives. Because addiction to substances or behaviors doesn't fit that way. It ends up destroying the puzzle. All right, so here are 
three important tips when it comes to the missing piece in the puzzle. Number one, ask yourself what void is left over from alcohol and drug use? What is your emptiness? Take some time and do a real honest inventory with yourself about what you fear missing out by giving up alcohol and drugs. Look at what the emptiness is that you fear is going to happen by no longer indulging in these substances or engaging in these behaviors. One way I do that is I tell people if I had, you know, powers to just completely remove this, you know, if it's alcohol, it doesn't exist anymore. If it's drugs, it doesn't exist anymore. If I could snap my finger like Thanos and have that go away, what would you be missing? What do you fear would happen? What would you go through if that occurred? So remember, ask yourself what void is left over. Number two, pay attention to what happens when there is a void. Are you, you know, holding out and just leaving it empty? Are you filling it with a substitution? Are you pulling from other pieces? Are you white knuckling your way through it remember it will not stay empty forever it might stay empty longer for some than others but we don't like feeling empty so sooner or later we are going to attempt to fill in that void number three what is your puzzle piece if i were to hand you that that puzzle piece right now And like I've done with so many clients and patients over the years. And this is one I started doing with teenagers. So we're talking at least 10, 12 years ago when I started doing this. If I were to hand you a blank puzzle piece, what would you put on it? What is going to be your recovery? Not just abstinence from substances or behaviors, but what are you going to do to fill in the void that is going to bring fulfillment and fit in among the other pieces in your life. When you see the cover art for this episode on the social media posts, you'll see the exact same puzzle pieces I continue to give to clients and patients to this day. So the tips, remember, ask yourself, what void is left over? Number two, pay attention to what happens when there is a void. And three, what is your puzzle piece? I love doing this exercise in person, like I said before, because you you talk about it and you do all this and just it clicks of what happens when you give up something and there's this void. And I think people really resonate with that feeling of emptiness. And that is a struggle that we do feel empty when we stop doing this behavior. And that just shows how much of a piece that really is. It shows you that it did play a big role and that when it's gone, I feel somewhat empty. And that's okay because we can find things that are going to fill it and things that are good for us and can be good for all the other pieces. So check out social media postings because I'm going to be asking people to let me know what their puzzle piece is. I want to know 
for my listeners what their puzzle piece is when it comes to their recovery. I want to be able to share these answers with other listeners, followers, and even provide examples to clients and patients that I continue to work with. So fill in the missing piece in the puzzle. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I hope you learned something from a very old exercise of mine that I continue to use to this day.